0: You're
1: listening to the
2: speaker.
3: voice. We are back. I am your personal host for this evening. My name is Philip, and I'm joined by our lovely Anita. How are you, Anita?
4: Hello, Philip. I'm good. Thank you. And
3: yeah. you? Very well, very well. How are you feeling for this show?
4: excited we're gonna talk about a lot of interesting things so
3: oh yeah for sure so stay tuned um, anyways we kind of wanted to start our new new segment. so last semester we didn't really have it and we thought you know to keep this show a little bit more dynamic we thought about you know starting this new segment so without further ado let's get right into it so first let's talk about the centralization of tuition fees in KU Leuven so since the beginning of the academic year in September a KU Leuven task force was set up in order to work on proposals concerning the standardization of tuition fees for international students outside the EA. Now, until 2014, students from outside the European Economic Area paid the same amount of tuition fees at KU Leuven as other students. However, many faculties increased their tuition fees by 1,750 euros to even 6,000 euros. According to Veto, Leuven's Dutch magazine, and I quote, we have a lot of internationals. They have a lot of costs. It is a matter of accessibility. These are the words of Johann de Tavernier, Dean of the t- Faculty of Theology and Religious Studies, which saw actually an important raise as well. The most expensive programs by far are the engineering programs, which exceed 6,000 euros per year. For example, the engineering fac- technology faculty where I'm from. Now, unfortunately, this battle ends with no results. For more, Check out our article "Leuven Students Against Tuition Fee" or "Increased Tuition Fees: A Saga of Underwhelming Arguments" on our website, thevoiceleuven.be. Now, in other news, there are some slight modifications of conditions for passing your year in KU Leuven. So, the university now introduces something they call the milestone. The milestone is basically the moment when you have passed all your first-year courses. You must reach this milestone in the future within 2 years taking a course a third time will no longer be possible in addition to that out of the 18 tolerance credits you received for your three bachelor years 12 can be used for your bachelor, for your 12 can be used for the first year and no more than that the rest of course can be used during the second and third year there will also be a reinforcement in the second year now you have something called a binding condition so if you are below 50% csc in the first year then you must achieve 50% CSE in the second year. If that does not work, you cannot register for a new year in KU Leuven. If you want to read more, go on veto.be and they have plenty of articles about that as well. Now, I'll give it to you, Anita, for some more news.
4: Yes, so we got an um, interesting research going on at the uh, from the design group of architecture department of KU Leuven. Uh, they want to investigate how the indoor climates in hospitals um, are important factors in the comfort of patients. So um, the comfort of patient wouldn't be um, what they want to explore is if. They, I mean, they don't all, not only depend on material characteristics such as the beds or the good assistance of doctors and nurses, but some other factors are all also important, like a pleasant inner climate um, that includes air quality, temperature, and noise levels, uh, which would have a major impact on the well-being of the patients. So, uh, according to the lead researcher Sarah Williams, Uh, She says, the indoor climate can influence the comfort, well-being, health, and productivity of users. This can have a physiological impact such as headache or dry skin, but also psychologically we see consequences such as mood changes of a patient. All this together can influence the average length of stay of the patient. So also to know more about this, read um, the story on veto.be where you can also find us under the tab The Voice. Um, there's also another news, something going on at this moment here in Leuven. It's an artifact fe- festival at Stuck, uh, which will um, go on until the 1st of March. So don't miss it. Yeah,
3: but it's, it's not only in Leuven, right? Where is it exactly? Is uh, it by any chance where we are?
4: (laughs) Oh, yeah, exactly. So uh, the funny thing is that um, our radio uh, studio is actually um, in Stuck. So we're actually in the midst of the festival right now. And right um, outside the door, there's a really nice installation about Hikikomori um, syndrome because actually this is in the context of the festival, which is about uh, loneliness, uh, solitude, and the connection in contemporary society. So I really suggest you guys to take a look, and we'll probably also take a look after this show.
3: Yeah, there's actually (laughs) a lot of interesting, very interesting exhibitions. Most of them are quite abstract. Um, You know, you have, like, these kind of sculptures, for example, or... Um, You have these rooms where you just hear voices uh, around you. I don't know if you've been there.
4: Uh, No, I just walked into the free part of it because also all the guided tours are booked, so I just kind of wander around. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a a bit abstract, but it gives you some food for thought. It's really interesting.
3: Yeah, so the theme, I think, is Alone Together, right?
4: Uh, Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, go check it out, guys. You can also (laughs) be volunteers there, I learned. so, And you get free drinks in return, so... That's also a cool thing to do.
3: If okay, you and hey, beyond that, there's also Stuck Cafe, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else to say about Artifact Festival?
4: No, that'll be all.
3: Okay, I think fire. I think it was even actually, it's not only at Stuck, it's also around Leuven. Um, I tried to research a little bit about other locations where it is, but I can't find it. Uh, but it's also apparently in uh, different locations in Leuven, not only in Stuck. Um, but I guess, yeah. Uh, all if, right, I didn't know that. If you know guys that. know where it is, just let me know. I'd okay. like to know as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, one of our topics for today. So uh, we're going to be talking about Quiver a little bit. Um, and we have a news about it, actually. So The Voice is currently in discussion with Quiver about a possible integration of the voice in the Quiver app. Now, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet because we will have a special guest joining us a little bit later. Um, but I guess, uh, without further ado, let me recap a little bit uh, last show. So the last show, we went through a musical journey through the decades. So we went from uh, we started from the 40s. 40s um, and by the way, I hosted this show with Nicholas. So he's a fan of Jimmy Durante. So we started with him. Um, and then we finally ended with Morchiba uh, in the 2000s. So it was really, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful show. I really enjoyed it. And we kind of went in-depth into each song. Uh, so it was very interesting. Um, it's currently not on Spotify yet, uh, but it should be up very, very soon, probably after this show. Um, so I guess if you're interested in, uh, in yeah, knowing a little bit more about music, uh, we also talked about Leonard Cohen, for instance. We kind of analyzed the song um, "Walt." So that was very interesting. Uh, there's a very deep meanings behind songs, and um, yeah, I guess uh, if you're hey, if you're up to a uh, to a nice podcast. Make sure to listen. Anyways, I'm not going to tire you further with uh, the news and the recap. Uh, We are going to be listening to a song by the French band called Cocoon. And they're also joined by Natalie Press. So enjoy.
5: I've fallen once, and I'll fall again. So
3: Okay, and we are back. This was the song Retreat by the French band Cocoon and Natalie Press. Really, I like them a lot. So yeah, make sure to, uh, to listen to more of their songs. Um, they have a lot of yeah interesting albums and uh, they're pretty underrated in my opinion. So um, yeah, anyways, so we're talking a little bit about Quiver before the break. And um, what a better moment to kind of introduce our guest. So thanks for coming, Jesse. How are you? How are you feeling?
1: <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, um, describe a little bit your, yourself. Who who are you? Well, I'm Yessa. I'm a computer scientist. Uh, I graduated last year, and I used to be the president of Quiver until last year. When oh. I graduated.
3: Okay. So we were talking a little bit about before about what you're doing in KU Leuven. So, what's kind of uh, w- what are you doing in your free time, let's say?
1: Well, I'm a track and field athlete. Athletics in other languages. So oh, I'm
3: running quite a lot. Okay, very interesting. Okay, so you are the president you were you are a former president of Quiver. Yeah. So I think you're the best person to kind of tell us what Quiver is
1: and how it's useful for students. Yeah. So first of all, Quiver is a very difficult name. So for those of you who don't know how to write it, it's Q U I V R. Just so you know it. And it's an application for students, created entirely by students. So it's for high school uh, for university students. Uh, And you can see your schedule, you can see the occupancy of the library, so you can see whether there are still spots available. You can see the news, currently only in Dutch, but maybe in the future also in English, from The Voice, for example. Okay. And
3: Uh, why do you think Quiver was named Quiver? Like, as you said, it's a very difficult name. Why would
1: they name it like this? Well, the reason was, there was not really, like, a valid reason. It was just, it sounded cool, and it started with a Q, and words with a Q are quite, they're not... Many, not many words start with the Q, so it's like... So you keep it in can, mind. People can easily find Quiver, we thought, if they look it up. But they will probably pronounce it wrong or write it wrong, so don't, I'm not sure if it's working that way. But. Okay,
3: and is, is Quiver only used in uh, KU Leuven, or is it in other universities?
1: So currently it's mostly the KU Leuven and the association of the KU Leuven, so there are a lot of colleges which also are part of the association of the KU Leuven. So they use Toledo, which means they can use Quiver.
3: Ah, right, because it's synchronized, right? It's synchronized
1: with Toledo for the schedule. Uh, so if they use Toledo, they can use Quiver, and we're currently expanding to other in, uh, universities in Belgium as well, and yeah. most, uh, hopefully other yeah. countries. Oh yeah, that
3: that'd be cool. Yeah, it's it's really practical actually. Um, yeah, I I was kind of maybe not astonished but like surprised when our co-host Anita kind of didn't know what Quiver was because it's it's so widely used in KU Leuven and. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how useful it is, actually, because you have everything centralized I mean it's <laughs> not to make you feel bad or anything,
4: yeah busted though I really didn't know what it was, but yeah, you yeah. should
3: start using it
4: yeah it's it's really it's really handy actually, so I will I what? will.
1: I promise. (laughs) That means our marketing team isn't doing their job right. Oh Well, I'm doing
3: it for you, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, that's very, very nice. Yeah.
1: So um, when did you join the Quiver team? Well, I joined Quiver after two months of studying. So I think it was 2014 in November. uh, So five years ago, a little bit more. Uh, And I started first working as an Android developer. And then I changed uh, jobs to server management and then to be the president. Inside Quiver, yeah. Inside Quiver, yes, of course. Yeah. So there are a lot of different positions inside Quiver. We have developers, we have people from marketing, we have people from legal, um, and other kind of people like design and stuff. And how how long were you in the team in Quiver? Uh, for for five years, and now I'm I'm part and I'm not part. Let's say I'm looking after them, but I'm not officially a part of anymore.
3: That's a lot. Five years. It's like people spend. Literally this time studying medicine or something. Or even, I mean, doing their bachelor's and, th- and master's.
1: Yeah, I did it completely while I was studying uh, my computer science master. I mean, my bachelor and my master. Yeah. Um, so it was like 15 to 20 hours a week sometimes just while I was studying. But you liked it. Yeah, it was very... I learned, I think I learned more in Quiver, more practical things than at university. I mean, I learned more technical and theoretical stuff at university, but practical and working in team and such, it was really all Quiver. Okay. And, uh, how did you feel about,
3: uh, when did you, when did you decide that you wanted to be president? Like what made you want more than that?
1: That's a very good question. Um, not sure if I can answer that very easily, but my main goal has always been like expansion of Quiver, like after two years, I was thinking maybe we should expand and help other people, um, which are further away. Cause it's, I think I thought we could help more people by expanding them, by creating new features okay and so it was kind of my my goal to make the expansion happen and that took some time and then when i only had one year to study it was like okay now is the time i'll try to be president and try to get the expansion starting i'm not sure if i completely yeah completely succeeded. worked but yeah. succeeded indeed but we're, we're going there because we're starting to expand now okay and how's the team in quiver like how, how's very, the feeling in the well it's very yeah, friendly yeah. Yeah? uh yeah it's like uh, say we're like brothers to each other or sisters and we're working together but there's like no tension most of the time uh, it's really just people in their spare time working together trying to create something trying to help people uh, students in this case um and well it's it, it connects you together just by working together on quiver okay and what gives you this kind of
3: inspiration for all these ideas how do how do you target these specific ideas? For example, uh, having the news, uh, the, you know, the news kind of um, part um, or the, the the restaurant part where you have all the menus for Alma, for the Alma restaurants. Um, how how do these ideas come? Or did, or better said, have you, did you come up with any of the ideas we can see so far in Quiver?
1: It's a very good question. I think only, probably not. Because a lot of them were already thought out before I joined because in the very start of Quiver there was like a hackathon and they had two days just to think about the idea and then they did like some uh, economical thinking and they also thought about features and I think all features we currently have were already thought out there but they were not implemented yet. So the first thing I implement was the friends feature. So you can see your friends schedule and such. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the idea was there. Um, Lots of ideas were already there, but they were not implemented yet, not all of them. So you mentioned a hackathon. A hackathon, yes. Yeah, so what is it? Oh, so a hackathon is like a two day, mostly two day uh, day where you just hack something together, which means you create a new idea, a new company, for example, a new application Uh, and you just think about it and you might create a simple prototype, but it doesn't have to be working. It's just, I think we should make this and this is very nice to have. And you just think about it and try to maybe create a a prototype. And then afterwards you can work on it, but you have already thought about it for two days. So you know what you're gonna make. And you can also think after a week, like it's very stupid idea, I'm not gonna make it. But sometimes there come really nice things from hackathons.
3: Okay, so this is kind of how it started. Uh, is this? Yeah, is it, yeah? that's, that's th- where
1: it started. Yes. Like wow. To the hackathon.
3: Okay, cool, cool. So mm, maybe you've talked a little bit about it. But what was your vision as? Uh, yeah, what was your vision of Quiver when you started?
1: Now, when I started, I was just thinking, well, this is amazing. I mean, just students helping students by creating an application. You also have to think it was f- five years ago, so smartphone for a little less. Common. I mean, yeah. they were still common, but not as much as today. So, uh, I mean, everyone started having smartphones and the k Leuven wasn't ready for it in sense from their application. Like the Toledo was even worse. Uh, no, mm-hmm. currently it's quite okay. <laughs> but it, for using on smartphones, uh, for example, the schedule, it works if you want. But five years ago, it was a different uh, application and didn't work as well. So everyone started using Quiver in the first year, but like the people in the second, third year, they didn't switch because they were used to Toledo. Okay. So the first year started, yeah. and I, I started with it, and so I was like, "Well, this is amazing! I want to help with this." So my main idea was just, I want to, I like to program because yeah. I did it in high school, and it's like I want to work together with these guys and create even better stuff, help more uh, more people, and then during the years it became um, about the expansion, eh? having other universities use Quiver as well. Um, And that was my main goal Okay. Well Okay, that's really interesting, very inspiring. Uh, But um, except for
3: students, were there any adults involved or you're a totally student team? Totally
1: student team. Everyone who has ever worked on Quiver was a student at the time he worked for Quiver. Okay. Or at least when he started. Maybe some people that are graduate now are still sometimes doing something for Quiver, but... Like, not, you, like yourself, for example. Yeah, I'm sometimes doing st- small stuff, but not like the big things. I'm not meeting with uh, with external reporters uh, anymore and such. Okay. And what was the most fun part in working in Quiver? Well, I think just meeting these people and uh, they're really friends for me. Uh, if I hang out with friends currently, it's mostly about people that I met in Quiver. Um, so that was the most fun part. And also like programming together is something that's really fun. If you like it <laughs> and with it's much more fun with a lot of people than doing it alone. Okay, so um, you're
3: staying in touch with them, right?
1: Yeah, I'm seeing them at least once every two weeks. Oh, um, wow, that's, yeah. that's cool.
3: Okay, well, uh, were you, are you a big team, actually? Or are you a, you know, quite
1: relatively small team? We've always been between 20 and 30 people, I think, for the last couple of years. Um, so in the beginning, when I joined, I was at eight people, I think. So, but then we... Grew to twenty, twenty-three people, and all of this is managed by eight people, by twenty people. Yeah, that's crazy, really.
3: Um, wow, <laughs> what can I say? Um, did you ever expect, actually, this application
1: to be to become so large and so um, yeah, so broadly used by by students? Well, I immediately saw the potential because I started using it myself, and it was like, why would I not use it? So I saw the potential, uh, and after I joined, every year there was an increase of. I think six to seven thousand people because all the new first years started using it because we really focused on marketing to them and then after five years we had all the students uh, that had heard from it at the beginning of their uh, career and from the local students and how do you how do you advertise it how do you market it because even though
3: i started using it from the very first weeks i was here i, I don't remember how i got to know about it actually well for the
1: international students we go to the orientation days and we talk about it and i think that they even talk about it in their presentation in the beginning. So even if we don't do it, they just tell you. Mm, we it's so practical to, for, yeah, uh, for everyone. we don't have to tell it to uh, And for all first year, they get like a bag, a goodie bag with information and there's like a flyer for Quiver, so they see it when they join and they think, oh, we need to do this, and then they do it.
3: Okay, well, it was very, actually there was some orientation days
1: a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, I think for we've also the been there, yes. I mean, some people from Quiver have been there.
3: Okay, interesting. And the, the scale of, an, I mean, okay, you, s- you said that they were kind of, um, that they kind of advertise you in their uh, orientation days. Yep. But in general, the scale of support you as an organization.
1: Or how, uh, to, what, to what extent do they support you? Um, well, in the beginning, we got the schedule by just reading it from the internet. So just pretending to be a person and reading the schedule and then putting it in the app automatically. But now they created some a special application that we can use to get to really get your schedule. So to assure that we have the right schedule. So they created some application for us to use. So we could create an even better app. Uh, but for the other part, they don't really we're not dependent on the K eleven. They don't give us money. Um they only sometimes advertise us and they help us if we have trouble with the data or some wrong things.
3: But. And would you like it actually
1: to, to kind of for Quiver to belong to Kluven in some no. way to get more fun? No. No, we are very happy to be independent um, because we wanted to be from students, for students. And without the interference of uh, a very big um, enterprise, it might sometimes um, be slow. I'm not saying they're always slow, but it's just, if it's just us, we can decide what we want to do and can go quick. Uh, we don't have to wait for some decision to be made. Uh yes, that's actually the main thing. So one of the things if we have like an expansion would also be to have some developers at the different universities to make sure that the part for their university keeps working. Okay. Um, so K11, if we were dependent on them, it would also be harder to expand to other universities and help more people because then there would always be the bias out there from K11. We don't want certainly in Belgium. So, like, the university in Ghent wouldn't want uh, someone from the KU Leuven to yeah, that's true. interfere that's true. in their... Uh, and
3: is there a similar thing in other universities? You, you, I mean, you think that the people who went to that hackathon uh, got an inspiration
1: from other universities? Well, there was an application like Quiver in Ghent called Hydra uh, from students, like from the student uh, body, I think. Um, but they don't have a schedule anymore because Ghent changed from... Their Toledo version—it's not Toledo, but something else—and th- that thing has its own app, so they do have an application now. But it's not managed by students anymore, or not for all part of it.
3: <laughs> it would be funny if K. if uh, Ghent actually takes on Quiver as well. Ghent <laughs> um, is currently a bit harder, but might be. Okay. And uh, my last question before we go to the much awaited break: um, how, do you man- how do you manage to actually maintain the app free? Because I'm guessing there's a lot of expenses. Yeah, um,
1: indeed. So, so the m- biggest expense is server cost and team building because we're, we have to make sure that everyone's happy even if they're not getting paid. Um, but we have two sponsors for the last three, two to three years, uh, always the same sponsors. One of them is Deloitte and the other one is Datacamp, which is a company in Leuven, is a startup or scale up, how you want to call it. That uh, focus on data science online, so teaching people data science. So they, DataCamp um, sponsors our servers, so they paid for the servers, and Deloitte just gives us some money so we can make sure that everyone's happy in the team and some marketing and such. Okay, and what do they get in return for so, uh, sponsoring you? Yeah, so we have a dashboard, so like the first page you see when you log in, and sometimes there's like a, a card on there, like it's information about possible uh, job opportunities at Deloitte or DataCamp or other companies. And they can so so there you can so they get the advertised space uh, in the app, Um, but I think you haven't seen it yourself that it's advertisement because it's normally it's useful information for you as a student
3: as well. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much. Before we go to the second part of the interview, I would like to um, introduce our next song. So it's going to be by a Romanian composer called Vladimir Cosma. I love this song. So the song is called Reality. So, um, enjoy.
6: <laughs> Met you by surprise I didn't realize That my life would change forever Saw you standing there I didn't know I'd care. There was something special in the air. Dreams are my reality. The only guy. It's meant to be special about you dreams are my reality the only kind
3: Okay, we are back this uh oh really sorry for these technical difficulties again i don't know what's going on um anyways we were uh we were actually talking with jesse about quiver and uh but before that i would like to remind everyone what song we just heard so it's uh it's an artist that i really really like so um his name is vladimir kosma again uh and the song was called reality he does a lot of Songs for movies, for example, which um, yeah, which I enjoy a lot. So he's very artistic, let's say in uh, in his uh, in his songwriting. But going back to the interview, so Jesse, remind everybody who you are. I'm Jesse. I'm the former president of Quiver. Okay. So um, let's. See. How do we how do we move on from this from the break? Um, okay. Let me ask you this. Uh, so we know that Quiver is very popular al- among students. At what point during your career in Quiver, if I may say, um, were you like, um, oh shit, this is actually getting a lot of traction?
1: I think after one year or something, at the beginning of the ac- new academic year, so in my second year, uh, when I took the train on Sunday to go to Leuven, I started seeing everyone using Quiver. Like I was on a train and I look at someone's screen just passing by and I'm like, that was Quiver, and then another one. So everyone I saw was using Quiver, mainly because I was biased, probably. But it seemed like everyone was using Quiver <laughs> uh, on that train on Sunday evening, because everyone was looking at which uh, lessons do I have tomorrow. Oh yeah, instead of Toledo. Yeah, and uh, in in what year was that? I think in uh, fifteen or sixteen. Um, well, it it's, it was gradually increasing. Okay, uh, and, and your
3: career was so. Uh, y- when in which year did you actually enter Quiver?
1: Uh, 14 at the end and until 19 in the beginning, so. Okay, that's,
3: yeah, as you said, around five years, that's, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what are some ideas for, uh, maybe, let's put it this way, what do you think, uh, how do you envisage Quiver in the future, in the near future? What do you think is going to happen? What are some new features
1: that you might see appear? Um, well, about new features, we've been thinking about it, and it's quite hard for us to find features that are really useful, I mean, more useful than the ones we have and more useful than expansion. So it's we're kind of balancing between trying to implement other universities and think about new features. And one of the new features we're trying to launch is the fact that you can change your the colors of your lessons. So currently the lessons are assigned to color randomly by the computer, but it might be useful to change the color yourself to ma- have a better overview of your classes, like... All courses with mathematics in red, because I don't like it. All courses with uh, physics on green, because I like them. But are they sort of like that already with colors? Yeah, they're with colors, but they're just randomly colored, let's say. So, well, I didn't realize that. You (laughs) can change that. Yeah. So it would be nice if you can change them. Okay. And uh, how do you see, um, would you like to see anything in Quiver actually? Well, I think that the most basic features are there that you need to be a student, like at university, but of course, student life has two parts, also like the partying part. And there might be a possibility to include some uh, events, planning stuff in Quiver to know when to go to which party or what is possible to do in the in the weekend, for example, for national students, because of course you're here as well in the weekend.
3: Yeah, that m- that might be a good idea, even to kind of collaborate with the city of Leuven as well. Yeah. Maybe, um, yeah, give, uh, maybe kind of, uh, if you know the like how the events on Facebook work. Yeah. Maybe to become something
1: like that, I don't know. Um. Yeah, there are possibilities of that. I mean, we've been thinking about it, but it's it's hard to know what's more important. I think helping students, helping more students, might be important, more important than helping the universities live and get. Uh, yeah, drink too much. <laughs> okay,
3: uh, do you think Quiver at some point will you know people will start um, stopping really to use Quiver because it's it's just at some point gonna run out of ideas. So do you think this lack of being able to innovate will uh, sort of decrease? Or you think that because, you know, you, you keep having new f- or fresh students that they will keep using Quiver?
1: I think they will keep using Quiver uh, because they're new. Uh, the new people always start using it, I think, as long as the K-11 doesn't have uh, something that compatib- uh, com- yeah, can beat us, let's say. Okay, but comfort. if the K-11 has something that can beat us, then it's okay. Then we don't need to help the students at eleven anymore because they're already helped by the university itself. Mm.
3: That's a good point.
1: So it doesn't matter as much for us. Then we just go to another universe and try to help them. <laughs> and uh, are you paid at all by um,
3: by levin No. There's n- there's no revenue whatsoever except for... Only sponsorship. Sp- yeah, sponsors, yeah. which are not considered really as revenue anyways.
1: Yeah, so there's one thing that I didn't mention. We also sell like those that space at the dashboard. So there's the job adreti- advertisements. So they're from Deloitte, DataCamp. But other companies can also pay to get on the dashboard um, to show their job advertisement. Ah, interesting. But uh, actually, for students, it might be very interesting because it's also about uh, summer jobs and such. Okay, interesting.
3: And um, actually, if I remember well, you guys have uh, games on your application, right? And you can kind of can see a leaderboard.
1: Yeah, only um, during one... We had it uh, last year uh, when we were five years old, we had it. But it's not always the case. Ah, it's not always the case. So it's it was one week. Um, when we became five years old, but uh, it might be possible that it comes back every year now. We're not sure about it. Yet.
3: <laughs> Keep it for like special occasions.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the current plan is, but it will be back probably. Okay, and um,
3: how many people are currently in the team of Quiver?
1: I think currently 23, but it depends on who, how you count and who you count and who you don't count.
3: And they're, they're all as involved as the others or?
1: Um, I, mean I think from those 23, they're probably as involved. They're all as involved. There is also like a board, which is, sometimes a bit more involved because they have to make some decisions.
3: Um, okay, what I'm aiming at mainly is, uh, are you composed mainly of uh, uh, bachelor students, master students? Uh, how is it organized?
1: It normally starts from people in the second year bachelor until, so when they, mostly when they start at Quiver, they only end when they graduate. So they there are not many people that stop in between uh, once they started. Okay. And the most people are second years until second master. Um, so first years we don't have many m- first years um, because they're just they're new and they're figuring everything out uh, they don't have time
3: yeah something that I found that kind of w- was lacking let's say is uh, okay n- not about quiver especially but about organizations usually in Leuven is I tried for example to apply for this uh, solar team yeah uh, in uh, yeah in the campus group T but they told me that they don't accept anyone on their masters and I was really di- disappointed because there's other universities that are doing uh, these solar car challenges or these formula electric that, you know, they allow even first-year bachelor students to join.
1: Yeah, we I allow mean, them to join if, they, if they're if they
3: interested. Yeah, you, you see, that's cool. <laughs> uh,
1: I think Solar Team is also because they have, uh, there's like a, you can do an extra year after your master's to be part of Solar Team as well. I think that might be the reason. Um, okay. They, it might be just because of courses that they have to do it.
3: Okay. Kind of. Well, Jesse, unfortunately, we have to end this interview. It was great having you. And thanks a lot for coming here. Um, And uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for for having me. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll see you another time. Who knows? Uh, But uh, we'll be going on on a small break. So um, you'll be listening to a song called Out of the Dark by Falco. It's a 1998 hit. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back after the break.
2: Ich krieg von dir niemals genug, du bist in jedem Atemzug Alles dreht sich nur um dich, warum ausgerechnet ich Zähl die Stunden bis Sekunden, doch die Zeit scheint still zu stehen Hab mich geschunden, gewunden, lass mich gehen Was willst du noch? Willst du meine Tage zählen? Warum musst du um mich mit meiner Sehnsucht wählen? Deine Hölle brennt in mir, du bist mein überlebenselixier Ich bin zerrissen Ich schön
4: Welcome back guys, Um, we were listening to uh, Out of the Dark by Falco, and um, I just want to, before moving to the next section of our show, I just wanted to shout out to our event, Uh, we're trying to organize this event in March. Um, Philip is, of course, one of the minds of this event. The masterminds. <laughs> exactly. So it's going to be a two-hour uh, live radio show on stage uh, with music artists, bands, live performers, theater, uh, stand-up comedy and debate. So we're still trying to organize it. So the location is to be confirmed. But um, I think it's worth mentioning it.
3: Yeah, we've, we've got actually a few a f- a few artists uh, that have been on the show even. Uh, I'm not going to say anything, but um, we are planning to have have an astrophysicist that can also play music um, in the event (laughs) and we're also having planning to have a stand-up comedian as well that was here Um, so if you're curious about these people uh, try to look up our past radio shows and figure out who is uh, who are the special guests that I was talking about
4: yeah, so hopefully this will happen and we'll we'll keep you updated on it. Yep. And um, okay, so now um, I should introduce our next um, section of the show. Uh, so since next week, um, uh, there's the Model United Nation uh, going on here in Leuven for the entire week uh, with different comedies and they we're going to be there talk about different topics. Uh, we are invited here at the studio Aitana.
0: So hello Hi, Anita, thank you for <laughs> inviting me.
3: Yeah, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good, thank you. How yeah. are you?
3: Yeah, well, I'm great, thanks for coming. Um, it's Wasn't it a shitty day today?
0: Mm, it's so. sorry to rain, certainly, but it's Belgium, so yeah, I'm well, used to it. <laughs>
3: hopefully it'll be better when we walk out of the studio. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but tell us a little bit who you are and what you do at the moment.
0: Okay, so my name is Aitana and I'm 21 years old and I'm an exchange student here in Leuven. And I'm currently studying my bachelor's of economics.
3: So you're in a one-year Erasmus exchange? Exactly. Okay. So uh, I've heard from someone that uh, you've got a lot of experience with uh, Model United Nation. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to hear me using the abbreviation MUN just because it's easier. Um, But tell us a little bit about what it is actually.
0: Okay, so a model United Nations is a simulation of a United Nations session. So basically you have all the committees, you have the Security Council, the General Assembly, and high schoolers and um, college students gather together and they debate on the topic of discussion and they have to represent a country and a delegation. Okay. Um, Following like a formal vocabulary and...
3: Okay, so it's it's like the real the real deal.
0: It's the real deal, <laughs> and proper so, uh, outfit as yeah. well, right? Proper outfit, yeah. No Ooh. short skirts, not anything <laughs> like that.
3: Yeah. So, how is it different than debate? Because um, I actually go quite frequently to debates, mm-hmm. and I know also what moon is all about. But mm-hmm. how is it? How is it different, actually?
0: It is different from debate, as you may know. Like on a debate, you have a topic, and there is usually a team that is in favor and a team that is against. So, you will hear arguments against and in favor all the time. In MUN, you're in a in a room with 30 people, and everyone has a different position. Every country has a different position and different arguments that they're going to bring to the table. So, the debate, as well, is more intense. And also, you have to use a formal vocabulary. You cannot use uh, the I, or... You have to always, like... Um, say the delegation or we believe, so like there's like technical rules, small rules that you have to always keep in mind, also, so like the level it's sometimes kind of higher as well, so yeah that's that may be the difference <laughs>
3: okay, and uh, what was your experience in the moons, actually?
0: My first time u n was actually in high school when I was living in brazil and mm. when when i when I decided to participate in this. I was mind blown. I was like, wow, like we get we get to talk about those relevant topics and in a, diff- a completely different way. Not, not like as you're talking with your friends. No, you have a country that you have to represent and that you have to fight for their arguments until the end and like create a resolution. Yeah. And so, what was
4: the topic for your first one?
0: My topic was ISIS. It was really back in, in the wow. days, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was the Security Council and I was representing Spain.
3: Oh, so so you really <laughs> so learn yeah. a lot from it, right?
0: You learned so much from yeah. it. Yeah, it you you learn to how to view a topic and the situation in a completely different way. Kinda like you you have to think about all the possible arguments and possible views that everyone and and you as well might have, you know, during the debate and outside the debate.
3: Okay, that's really cool. Um, so you are, uh, so are you actually, because there's a moon in Leuven here as well. Mm-hmm. Are you, uh, so did you enter it or how, what's what, What's yes. the deal here? I applied for it. You applied then for I it? I
0: got accepted to do the security council and participate as the delegation of France. Okay, so. so I'm really excited. <laughs>
3: and so you're going to maintain France through the whole year or?
0: no What's, it's only for the conference yeah. only for the conference yes, okay yeah, yeah.
3: so each time you can choose your own country
0: yeah if you apply for an mun you basically just check the committees what countries do they have in their metrics and you decide like oh this this country may, may seem interesting or, like this country i can really portray what what their what their point of view is on this specific topic so yeah like when you do an application you see everything that you do So can. you can give your top preferences or exactly. okay yeah, yeah. okay cuz I also did one it was
4: actually uh, here in Leuven like a couple of months ago it was part of my global environmental politics uh, class it was really mm-hmm. interesting and I was um, I was I I I mean I don't know it was hard at first because we were talking about uh, this potential environmental um, treaty uh, for a marine ecosystem. so it was really interesting but really intense. Only a day long though, not a week. So probably you're gonna be—it's gonna be more intense for you.
0: Oh, that's nice as well. Really, really
3: I, I didn't catch what you were studying. Uh, uh, economics. Economics. Okay, yes. so did. Did uh, did this moon in high school have any influence on what you wanted to do on the fu- in the future?
0: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It was on that on that moment that I discovered. Wow, like the world of diplomacy <laughs> is so interesting, and it's yeah. That it was in that moment that I that I really decided not only economics but international economics and Ooh. to study the organizations and how how the world like like how, how decisions are made geopolitically, you know.
3: Okay, that's that's exciting. Well, uh, I think we will be going on our break very soon. Uh, so we've got around I see here around uh, yeah, 10 minutes left. So, uh, let's go on our break. What you're going to hear is Matilda by the British band called Alt-J. So, um, yeah, enjoy.
2: This is
6: from This is from Matilda.
4: Welcome back to The Voice. Uh, we are here with Aitana speaking about Model United Nations. So actually I was checking out the page of this year, KUL Moon, and I saw that the Security Council will talk about two pretty intense topics, so one of them is the Hong Kong protests Mm -hmm. And I got that caught my attention right away because I've been following a bit the events. And actually, we had a we had a show here at the radio with a with a special host. uh, And we talked about the protest. And um, I mean, it's it's a heated debate and it was really interesting. So I I just wanted to to ask you a bit more about about what you plan to um, to argue as France or even what's your personal stance on it. So like the 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 dilemma between your own if there is any between your own idea about the protest and about friends what, what will need to be mm-hmm. your uh, your yeah your thoughts as friends that you are kind of obliged to follow
0: so this is one thing that usually happens a lot to delegates because we have we all have like our personal opinion and our personal view on the topic and our uh, goals and our arguments about it, but then you have to put yourself in a delegate perspective, and you have to act professional, and you have to remember like the country that you're representing. So for me, I've been followed following as well so much about the the Hong Kong protests, and it's it's crazy. Like every, mm-hmm. it's it's just sudden. Everything just happened in, like last year, and all eyes were were on Hong Kong and massive protests with more than one million people on the streets, and it's. It's crazy, really, and and my personal opinion about it is that it represents such a such an important moment for geopolitics, because we have China that wants the the wants Hong Kong again to be part of of China as well, and uh, in the government of Hong Kong, China has a lot of influence as well, so we have this like bipolarization. Between like the east and the west again, because you 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 would hear uh, ministers from the UK um, saying, "Oh, we condemn the what the police brutality and we condemn uh, the actions against the protesters. It's against human rights and everything." And then we have China saying that, "Oh, but the police, but the police are being attacked by the protesters. The 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 protesters are the ones that are creating violence, not the police." So it's mm. a moment in which. All eyes are in Hong Kong and we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's hard to
4: debate on it. It's so hard. as yeah. friends, what do you think you're going to argue? The, well, actually, what's going to be the core of the debate, you think? What are, what are you going to try to uh, agree on a resolution?
0: Like, what is the definitely, core? Definitely, if there is the case, because on the Security Council, we have five countries that, are, that have veto power. And one of them is China, um, France as well as one of them and so yeah it's going to be really hard to make a resolution that china would not veto immediately because oh, yeah, right, that. that's really so, easy but you also got the veto power right well. yeah indeed like france also has it but if one if one of the um, permanent members vetoes the yeah. resolution it's gone completely yeah so I remember that I was actually China
4: era. in another um, moon a long time out that I, they are participated in and I used the veto power so <laughs> of course <laughs> so well I hope that it's gonna I mean there, you guys are gonna be able to negotiate on this and uh, come up with a nice like useful resolution even just useful debates mm-hmm. because I think that's that gives you so much to think about in real life like it you does. said like about politics and the hard stuff <laughs> so I'm really sorry. We gotta. We're we're gonna need to cut this because yeah, let's, we let's just hope got we an hour. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah.
3: Unfortunately. Let's let's have you on another show. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. Let's next week.
4: <laughs> like, see you next week. After okay. actually, after the negotiation, that could be fun too, to <laughs> learn how that turned out. <laughs> All right.
3: Yeah. So uh, for everyone, uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook. It's The Voice International Student Publication. We are also on Spotify podcast.com and Mixcloud under the name The Voice KU Livin. So yeah, make sure to find us. Uh, you'll find all the podcasts that we had so far during this semester. and Actually, during this year and last year. And um, yeah, I don't know. Without further ado, I guess uh, I can just thank you, Anita. And thank you, Aitana. And thanks, thanks Jesse, for coming as well. Uh,
4: Thank you, everybody. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was the absolutely team. great. And, and um, I will introduce an, the last song, I guess.
3: Okay, you do the honors then.
4: Yes. So I picked a song from um, a very famous American band. You probably know them, uh, R.E.M. Uh, a three day, decades old band. So 80s, 90s, and 2000. They're still around. Uh, so the song is called Men on the Moon. So okay. enjoy and see you next week.
3: Yep. See you.